Welcome. Thanks for joining us today. So grateful you found us. I want to give a special welcome to you if this is your first time. And we want to say we certainly hope it's not your last time. would invite you to click on the digital connection card up here in the corner and just let us know who you are and how we could pray for you. And if this is your spiritual home, we say welcome to you and say thanks for being part of our online experience. It is Memorial Day weekend, and it's an incredible time for us to lean into just all the things we've wanted to get done, right? Having a Monday holiday off. And I hope that you'll have some fun this weekend. I want to share that we had a great conversation here on uh, Monday with uh, Matt Skolnick, our general presbyter, and several pastors from our area churches, as well as some of the folks here that call Linden Road home. As we continue to have these conversations about the church next, what does it look like in the next season as we continue to find God's calling for each of our churches in our community. And again, there's a link here in the worship notes if you'd like to know a little bit more about what we're doing and what we're leaning into and the conversations we're having. It certainly is by no means over. We're just beginning each time we've gathered. This was the fourth meeting I've been part of. We've found new faces and new conversation points and new ideas as we think about how do we be the church for the world in this current time. So I would ask for you to continue to pray for Matt and the Council of the Presbytery as we continue to learn about what it is that God would do in and through us. And then I hope that on this Memorial Day weekend, as you lean into all the things that you're doing, that you'll stop and pause for a moment and reflect on what Memorial Day weekend is all about. It's interesting, I don't know what the stats would be today, but back in uh, 2000, there only 28% of Americans understood what the true meaning of Memorial Day is. And it's important that in this moment that we don't forget the sacrifices that our military service members gave. Uh, we wanna pause this morning and honor and reflect and remember the precious lives that were lost fighting in a war. And we want to be clear that Memorial Day is that national holiday that we set aside to honor those in the military service who died fighting in a war. Uh, sometimes Memorial Day is confused with Veterans Day, and it's, that's in November. And on Veterans Day, that's where we pause and stop and thank and honor those who serve in the military. It all started in 1868, after the Civil War, where Major General John A. Logan, who was a Civil War veteran, he pulled the idea together, and he, together with a small group of women, went to a cemetery in Columbus, Mississippi, where they honored the soldiers of both the North and the South by putting flowers on the graves. Now, in modern days, you, if you attend the Memorial Day uh, parade in your community tomorrow, you'll probably see what they call the poppy girls. And so poppies, as a flower, has become a symbol of death and war and they have been worn on Memorial Day since 1915 to remember those that have fallen. This whole effort was initiated by an American teacher named Moana Michael who read the well-known poem by a Canadian military doctor in Flanders Field. And so as we pause this morning, let's be mindful of those who gave the ultimate sacrifice. So we're in week six of this series that we're calling Witness, Come and See, Go and Tell. 
And over these many weeks, we've walked around a lot of ideas, what I want to call rocks that we need to navigate uh, around as we think about how do we bear witness to the world about the hope that Jesus Christ gives us by calling us his people and then inviting us into community, in our communities, to bring forward the gospel in such practical ways where we meet people where they're at. I want to do a little review of where we've been as I realized as I planned this out and began to teach through it that each week there were key phrases that stood out to help us better understand what it means to be a witness to come and see and go and tell. You'll remember in week one where we started was all about this idea of how do we live in a world that's upside down. And Ed Stetzer, who is at the Billy Graham Center at Wheaton, used this, these words to encourage us to be reminded the moment we are in doesn't pause the mission we are on and how no matter where we find ourselves, we are called to lean into being the kingdom and bringing the hope of the gospel to our communities. And then in week two, as we leaned into being bold in our presentation, in our words, we drew on these amazing words from Ann Vonskamp, who says that we should only speak words that make souls stronger. And be reminded that as we talked about that, it was both watching what we say, but also being willing to confront and to speak out. And then on week three, as we talked about Mother's Day, we talked about the whole idea of being kind. Not being nice, but being kind, and how sometimes in our relationships we, we have to lean into, even based on the week before, uh, confronting the culture, confronting the sin that's in our world, even this week as we think about the terrible things that happened in Texas, and the immediate responses for gun control. But as Melinda and I talked about this as the news unfolded, it just goes beyond any kind of understanding. But then when you lean into hearing the stories of what happened, to the young man who was the perpetrator, you know that he's broken. He comes from a broken family, and he, it was clear that he felt as though he was a loner. And so that's why this series is talking about how do we witness to the truth that Jesus can meet us in our brokenness. And to be reminded as we leaned into week four, this idea that, that Derwin Gray helped us see that, that if we're loving Jesus and we're walking in his way, and remember, looked at the, some of the Beatitudes specifically, we find out that we can dance to the rhythm of God's grace. And Derwin talked about how, and how when we're dancing in God's way and his rhythm, that that becomes attractional to people around us. It will offer the opportunity for us to invite them into a deeper conversation as they say to us, why are you different? How do you process these things in a way where you find peace? And so again, it's that testimony that we bring and then finally, last week, as we unpacked this idea that our pain matters, right? At this great quote by C.S. Lewis, we can ignore even pleasure, but pain insists upon being attended to. And so in all those things, it's this idea of how do we live our lives in such a way where we meet people where we're at. And then when we look at who Jesus is, and we look at the journey that he had while he was on earth, it's interesting. And let me ask you this question. Why is it that Jesus seemed like he was always with sinners? Why did he eat with sinners? Why did he eat with people who were prostitutes and tax collectors and that were the outcasts? It's interesting in the Gospel of Mark, Jesus says, On hearing this, Jesus said to them, It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. That's Mark chapter 2, verse 17. And I want to suggest, even in our conversations as we sat last week, uh, as well as other conversations we've had with people who, who name uh, the Presbyterian tradition as their uh, journey of faith is that many of our churches, Linden Road, when it was originally First United Presbyterian and sat downtown, 
that it was born out of a desire to reach people. In fact, recently I had an opportunity to read back through our history to get some sense of where we've come from. I was reminded of just these things of what a church has been, and yet how much the culture has changed and how much our world has changed. And you think about all the traditions that we've lean, leaned into. I want to suggest that our church was born uh, some 200 years ago with a desire to reach people and help them grow in their understanding of who Jesus is and to make a difference in their community. When you think about our traditions as re people of the Reformed faith, we're finding that it's the message that hasn't changed, but the method by which we communicate that message to a hurting world is really, that's where we're spending some time. That's why we're doing this series. And the traditions that we've grown up knowing so well, many of us, that they're finding difficulty to be translated into a modern day culture. And not that we want to walk away from those traditions, but it does put pause on just how we talk to people and how we relate to them and realizing that if I wore a, a robe every Sunday, that would send a message to some people because some of the folks I've had the pleasure of walking alongside, they're in the court system. So the only robe they know is that belongs to the judge. And the judge isn't always uh, their best friend because of the choices that they've made. And here in Mark chapter 2 is another ongoing story of how Jesus understood people. He says, a few days later when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left and not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Some men came bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. And since they could not get to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it, and then they lowered the mat the man was lying on. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Wow, that's just an amazing story. I had a friend, Greg Steer, who was speaking at the, the Last Promise Keepers event that was hosted here in Ohio, was on the platform at a church in Akron, and to demonstrate the story, Greg had us get him a piece of wood and a big wood maul, and he began to just chop away. And as that sound reverberated in that church, what it brought to mind was just imagining what it must have been like to be in that space as these men tore apart the roof over where Jesus was speaking and then lowered their friend in. And for us, as we lean into what it is that we are willing to do to share the gospel, I want to draw on this paragraph here. I hope that we would do anything short of sin to reach people who don't know who Jesus Christ is, to reach people no one else is reaching, and, and let's do things that no one else is doing. And I guess it gets really practical here when you think about how we love people who are without Jesus Christ. Look at this scale here, and I want to ask this question about where is your love for people who don't know Jesus Christ? Where are you on this continuum from starting with apathetic to the idea that you're passionate? And, and where would you place yourself? Let's think about that for just a moment. On the one end, I would guess, are people who have led someone to Jesus Christ and, and who have a personal relationship with him. Uh, those that would be praying multiple times a day where you've invited and brought people to church with you. And yet on the other end, it would be where you've never had that opportunity to, and the privilege to help someone see their spiritual journey. And you've not reached out to bring anybody to church or even share with them this online platform and you're not praying at all. So at the end of the day, the statement is this, that we have to reach people with the love of Jesus Christ. 
And as we've tried to map out in these various weeks up to this point, we need to be reminded that we have to bear each other's burdens. It's interesting, back to the story here in Mark chapter 2, he says here in verse 3, Some men came, bringing to Jesus a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. You see, what's going on here is they're driven by the, the idea of witnessing, knowing what Jesus could do, and, and it's clear that there was nothing going to stand in the way of bringing their friend to know who Jesus was in a personal way. When it comes to this idea of witnessing, and that's why I've spent so much time just trying to unpack what this looks like, it, I think it scares us. And yet people around us, especially as we've come through this amazing last two years, people are skeptical and they really need to know you care. And you probably have heard this phrase before, but it's worth repeating. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And you see, that's this whole idea that it isn't just that you share that we've got a weekend service here online or in the building. It's you actually have to bring people. You have to pick up the phone and actually have a conversation or even better yet, go knock on their door. It's interesting as these four guys show up, they couldn't get their buddy to see Jesus because the crowd was too big. And yet with lots of folks with their backs turned, uh, and I think that's our, our own stories, right? as we understand what it is that we need to do. When we look at people who are hurting, you know, are, we, are we listening? Uh, when a friend uh, loses a loved one, are we going to the funeral and reaching out to them weeks after to make sure they, they sense that somebody cares? Or if you've got a friend who is having a baby, you show up at the shower, or, or you've got a student that graduates, or a friend of a student, or a grandchild that graduates, you show up. Or if you know someone who's sick, you take them a meal. And that's this idea of bearing each other's burdens, of just being aware of where each other is. So the first idea is that we need to bear each other's burdens. And then the second idea is that we need to break some rules. Here in verse 4, since they could not get to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. What that means in a practical sort of way is they dropped the guy in is that we need to offer the same kind of mindset as we think about in this next season for what the church looks like coming out of the global pandemic, to offer the hope of the gospel, that we need to reach people who don't know Jesus Christ. And in order to do that, we're going to have to do some things that are creative. I mean, you think about just where we've been in the last two years with an online presence. So, so grateful you're here with us today. I know as we first thought about it even a couple years ago, it's like we really can't do that. And the reality has been, and I just looked at the statistics, there's a number of people who have reached out to me who have found a place because of our presence here online. And it's amazing each week how we can leverage the kingdom in creative ways and to share stories. When you think about Martin Luther on the front end some 500 plus years ago to where we are today, where we share the Bible app and are able to share all sorts of stories as we think about our presence in the community and how we've leveraged those things. And yet there's still so much that has yet to be done. If you go back just 100 years, the truth is the church of Jesus Christ, the church and the community was this very center. It was the epicenter of creativity. It was the church that drove the arts. It was the churches that were at the center of the city. Originally, we were a downtown church, along with 10 others that started about the same time here in the Mansfield community. And then as things progressed, we 
uh, as many other churches did, moved out of the downtown area, out into neighborhoods. And now even the things have changed even more. And, and so this idea of being innovative, as I read through the history of Linden Road, I went back through the News Journal here recently and their archives, and it's amazing the role that churches played in shaping uh, culture, uh, the stories of, of Good Friday services or Thanksgiving services. They would play out on page one of the newspapers. Well, now the problem today, there isn't even a newspaper, right? Uh, it's all online. And how we've abandoned at some of our peril of making the church relevant to the world in which we live. And today, I think the innovation that's come alongside, particularly through coming out of COVID, where the digital footprint and the things that we're trying to engage at a whole new level. And I know there's people that are watching, will watch this video this week, who have not been in our building in the last uh, 20 or 30 or even 40 years, but who are faithfully engaged in helping us do the mission of what God's called us to be here in Mansfield, Ohio. And a question I think we have to wrestle through is what organization is better equipped to get the word of God into people's lives than the church? You think about what's happened in our technological age, all the innovation that's come from the people at Apple and Google, uh, how we've handed off the creativity to Hollywood, or even the idea of how we've allowed the government to meet the needs of the poor, uh, that we've uh, surrendered our relationships with people to uh, Facebook. And the reality is, as we see our current culture right now, is that anything that has the title Christian in it, it seems to be second rate. And we need to change that. And I believe that that's the conversations we're having with our presbytery about uh, what it looks like in this new day. And how do we honor the generations that have taken us and gotten us to this point moving in ways outside of our buildings to connect people to the hope of the gospel. That's what I want to be a part of, and and I also want to say we have to, but why? I've met too many people recently who are far from Christ because of what has been done to them by the church. We we talk about in our communities those that are the de-churched, people who are just done with church, with the formal church, just because of all the trappings. And if I can share my vision, it's that I see a church full of people, people who don't judge those without Jesus Christ, but actually love them with the love of Christ. And to be reminded is the verse we began with here this morning, that Jesus didn't come for those who were healthy. He came for those who were sick. He didn't come for the righteous. He said he came for the sinners. And as we think about all these things is that it's when we bear each other's burdens and we're willing to break the rules that things can happen in such an incredible way. And then this bigger idea, as we put these things together, is that we should be people who are willing to do anything short of sin to reach people with the hope of the gospel so they can come into a a vital and living relationship with Jesus Christ. So here's where it gets really practical this week. Who do you know? Who do you know that needs to know the hope of the gospel? Who is someone that you're willing to break some rules and to bear their burden to reach out to them and help them come into a deeper relationship with God, maybe meet God for the first time. So here's what I want you to do, sort of a practical kind of thing this morning. I want you to think about three people who you know need to know who Jesus is. And then I want you to think in a moment or two and ponder, what will you do this week to reach out to them? What can you say to them, email them, text them, Facebook them, even phone call them, even uh, hop 
on your bike or get in the car and go knock on their door and have a conversation with them. And, and so as you think about that, let me ask this question too. In what area of your life do you need to be more bold about sharing God's love? And then what step will you take towards that this week? In a practical way, maybe you could share a Bible plan through version with a friend and invite them into a conversation around a common theme of something maybe that you know that they're, they're pushing through. So that's the question to wrestle with. Who do you know and how can you impact their life? So let's pray. God, we do pray that we could bear each other's burdens and out of that relationship can come an opportunity to share the gospel and the hope that lies within us. And then God, help us break some rules. Help us lean into doing things differently help through your Holy Spirit to give direction and guidance. Bring us into relationships with people that we've not seen in a while and create opportunities for us to share with them the hope that we have. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for the power that comes through the Holy Spirit. And Jesus, just thank you for the life you've given us. And we pray in your strong name. Amen.